Blog Talk Radio. Stevie B's Media Production is a part of the Shellcaster Network. The proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ by members of the Churches of Christ. With your host, Stevie R. Butler. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show.
You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. Good evening. Wherever you are in the world listening to this radio broadcast, Stevie B's Media Production presents What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. I'm your host this evening, Stevie R. Butler, and this radio show is being broadcast from Stevie B Media Production at the Carolina Studio in the great state of North Carolina. Ladies and gentlemen, we are just grateful for the privilege to bring you a program where we as Christians and members of the Churches of Christ can share our faith and preach and teach the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ on a weekly basis. If you'd like to contact us while we're on the air this evening, just give us a call to the live show at 713-955-0508, or you can go to the Blog Talk Radio website and listen to the show live there. There are over 1,700 live shows on Blog Talk Radio at this hour, and my show has consistently been on pages one through four of that website. I just checked it before I came on the air, and I'm on page two of that website if they have not moved it up to page one since I came on the air. That's normally how they do it. If you have any questions or comments for any of my co-hosts on this broadcast or my guest speakers, you can send your emails to my new email address, butlersteve1009 at yahoo.com, or you can call Stevie B's Media Production at the Carolina Studio at 910-491-6405. Now, again, this program is brought to you by members of the Churches of Christ, and if you need any assistance in locating a congregation in your area, please feel free to contact us. Now, folks, get out your Bibles and stand along with us here on What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. Before we go into our program for this evening, I would ask you to abide with me in a word of prayer that we may thank God for this opportunity. Our most kind, gracious, loving Heavenly Father, the Father, Lord, and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for allowing us to go through the various activities of the day and placing it in our hearts that we are on this broadcast and we are prepared now to present a portion of your holy and divine word. Father, we pray that you will be my special guest speaker, Steve Cordo, and my co-host, Isa Mullins, as they break into our listeners the bread of life. And we also ask that you will continue to bless their families that support their efforts, that they may continue to sow the seed of the kingdom. Father, we pray that you will be with our listeners who are tuning in via blog talk radio as well as through social media. We pray that they may listen well, that they may consider their eternal stance before you, and that their hearts may be pricked. And it will cause them to ask the question, what must I do to be saved? Father, we thank you so much for sending your only begotten son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. We're just so grateful for his precious sacrifice on Calvary's cross. Well, we recognize that without such a sacrifice, we would not have a hope of eternal life. Father, even now, we ask that you forgive us for the transgressions of our own heart. We know our flesh is weak and we often fall short. Of thy will. Father, we pray that you'll continue to bless us and keep us and love us all the days of our lives. And that we have been faithful until death. Father, we pray that you will save us. For it's in Christ's name we do ask it all. Amen. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. In the first segment, my special guest speaker is Steve Cordo. He is the co-host of the Gospel Light Radio Show that airs you on Blogs for Radio on Thursday evening. And he's also the evangelist for the East Park Church of Christ there in Danville, Illinois. He'll be making his proclamation of the gospel of Christ. Now, I, we do not have the Community Corner segment on the broadcast this evening. I just received a uh, cancellation for that segment before we went 
on the air. And to close out the show, my co-host, Isom Mullins. He serves with the Church of Christ there in Cary, North Carolina. He'll be making his proclamation of the gospel of Christ close out the show. So open up your Bibles and open your minds and let's have a great show. After the break, the next voice will be that of my co-host, Steve Cordell. Enjoy the show. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. God is able. God is able. God is able to do what he said he would do. God is able. God is able. God is able. Yes, he is. God is able. God is able. God is able to do what he said he'd do. Think about Daniel in the lion's den. It didn't look too good, but Daniel put his trust in him. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When the flames grew hot, they just put their trust in God. And he would not let them go. God showed his faithfulness. So if you think you're in a trial by fire, when the flames go hot, you just put your trust in God, and he'll never let you go. When trials come your way, He can give you peace down in your soul. He is always true. He'll be there for you. Will you believe? Will you receive? You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. 
give your attention to the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now my co-host Steve Cordo and his subject, Victor or Victim. And good evening, everybody. Thank you, Stevie, for uh, having me on the program uh, again. And I'd like to encourage our listeners to get a Bible and open up to Romans chapter 8. That's where we'll spend the most of our time uh, this evening, in Romans chapter 8, which is a good passage to look at, particularly the last uh, about 10 verses, where we're looking at uh, dealing many times with troubles in life. Now, have you ever felt like a victim? Because sometimes when we go through a difficult circumstance or time in life, we feel like victims. Do you ever feel that way, that you are in a situation and you just don't know how to deal with it? You might even ask sometimes when you get into a bad situation, well, you know, where is God in all of this? Can God help me through this situation? What's the attitude about yourself and the situation that you're in? You know, a victim is a person who has been harmed physically, financially, emotionally, or Uh, in any number of ways, but not everyone recovers from mistreatment that they've endured. Some have allowed hurtful experiences to permanently scar and disrupt their lives. They use negative incidences as excuses for sinful or irresponsible behavior. Now, we don't have to fall into this destructive pattern. Instead of allowing personal tragedy to devastate our lives, we can let God use that to help us mature spiritually. Are we as believers then going to be victims? of our circumstances, or are we going to be victors over these circumstances? And that's Romans chapter 8, if you'll begin in verse 27, where he says, Now he who searches the hearts knows the minds of the Spirit, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And then notice verse 28. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. See, the challenges and the troubles and the disasters that Christians experience in the world are not intended to separate us from Christ, but to bring us closer to Christ. Notice, he says, if you look at verse 37, uh, just drop on down a little bit, he says, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. See, the Bible does not simply say that we are conquerors or uh, that through our troubled times, but we are more than conquerors. The balance is, is not just barely tipped in our side when we look at, if we look at this in terms of a scale. Our triumph is not snatched out of the jaws of defeat. Our victory corresponds to the victory that Jesus won uh, at his resurrection. So after all the affliction and after we endure and we overcome, making us stronger, that brings us nearer to Jesus. So in Romans chapter 8, verses 28 and 29, where we're going to look at most of the time, and ask a question, that is, deep down inside, do, do we honestly believe that God is causing all things to work together for good? Because our worldview directly affects how we relate to, to God, to our Creator. You know, religiously and, and philosophically, most people fall into a couple of categories. One is, some people are going to be deists. That is, they're going to believe that God made everything, but then step back from further involvement in His creation. He just kind of walked away like a uh, absent landlord might do. Some people are categorized as pantheists. They believe that God is the universe and everything in it, that God is considered indistinguishable from the creation. 
a materialist would believe only that or only what they can see and touch and experience. And this is what many atheists uh, would be. And then a fatalist believes everything is predetermined. They think the outcome will remain the same uh, of a given incident, regardless of the choices that we make. And then there's the Christian. See, Christians believe in a God who was involved in the creation. Although uh, God exists everywhere in creation, he is separate from it. He's not contained within it. God is in complete control of everything, yet he gives us the freedom and the wants to be personally, and then he wants, rather, to be personally involved uh, in our lives. See, God is our Heavenly Father who loves us in spite of who we are, what we are, and how we are. Uh, whatever our background is, uh, God is still going uh, to love us. You notice in Matthew chapter 7, verse 11, Jesus said there that if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father uh, give good gifts to those who ask of him? And then in 1 John chapter 3, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. So then what assurance of victory does the Bible provide? In Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 37, we cannot be involuntarily separated from the love of God. Back at verse 31, Paul opens the passage with the word, uh, who, Paul is, and, and Paul is not speaking of a problem with a person. The word that Paul uses in verse uh, 31 could be translated who, but some will translate it as what, as in what can separate us from the love of God. And Paul speaks here what I call uh, impersonal third-party things that, uh, if allowed, to could separate us uh, from God. And God is going to, you know, God does everything he can to keep us holy. And, and faithful to him. But the ultimate choice is going to come down to ourselves, whether or not we want to uh, be faithful uh, to God. He has given us that free will. Now, in Romans chapter 8, who then or what then shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not uh, with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died. And furthermore, it is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God and who makes intercessions for us? And then he says in verse 35, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Or it could be what can separate us from the, the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all the day long, we are accounted as sheep to the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And uh, we're going to look at uh, uh, verse uh, 38 and 9 here in just a minute. But I wanted to stop right there and, and look at how the fact that no situation can rob us of the victory we have in Jesus unless we allow it. You know, the separation that happens between us and God is due to our choices. Someone once said to me that, if uh, you feel like you have moved far away from God, uh, or rather, if you feel like you are far away from God, guess who moved? It wasn't God who moved. And if we go back now and look here at verse 38, he says, I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
Now, the advocates of the once saved, always saved position that believe that there's that, that no Christian can lose his salvation like to go running to this passage. But the one thing this passage does not address is the issue of our choices. So, in other words, if, if you come home one day and your house is burned to the ground and it's just a smoldering pile of ashes, that will not separate you from the love of God. If a tornado comes through uh, while you're listening to this broadcast or a flood or if you lose your job, any of those things, those will not separate you from God. Now, your reaction to them might. If you uh, if these things hit you and then you decide, well, you know what, I'm just not going to mess with this Christianity stuff anymore and walk away. You made a decision to walk away. That, that None of that stuff uh, caused you to walk away. God didn't cause you to walk away. And we should um, be doing more. As Christians, we do more than just survive. We can thrive in those situations. We're not called to just cope. We're called to be more than conquerors. And a lot of it is going to have to do with just what our attitude is when we're going through these uh, situations. The Bible assures us that God is in control. He rules over all the events of, uh, of uh, and situations of the world. Psalm 103 says, The Lord has established his throne in the heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. God's word states that God is the supreme authority uh, over everything. Isaiah 66, verse 1, God is above the earth. He is above heaven and earth. He rules over everything. Heaven is my throne, he says. The earth is my footstool. Where then is a house that you should build for me, and where is a place that I may rest? For my hand uh, made all these things, thus all these things uh, come into being, uh, declares the Lord. And then Daniel, in chapter 4, verse 35, says that all the inhabitants of the earth are counted as nothing, but he does according to his will in the hosts of heaven and among the inhabitants of earth, and no one can ward off his hand or say to him, What have you done? In Psalm 135, verse 6, God has absolute rule and power. Whatever the Lord uh, pleased that he did, and none could control him or say to him, What are you doing? He does what he pleases and does not give an account of his matters. It's just like the boss when you're on the job. The boss doesn't have, have to give an account to you about why he uh, took two hours for lunch. He's the boss. He owns the company. Uh, he can show up pretty much whenever he wants. And then in Proverbs 21, verse 1, The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Like the rivers of water, he turns it wherever uh, he wishes. And we have to remember that we won't always like what God allows. And sometimes we will not understand his ways. Uh, this is something that uh, uh, definitely uh, critics of Christianity and sometimes Christians don't understand. Uh, we don't always like what God does or how he does things. We don't always like it when we get a no answer to prayer. And remember, God does not, he's under no obligation to give you a yes answer to a prayer. He can give you no. No is every bit as an answer as yes is. Or he may just have you wait a while. See, God rules in the plans of earthly rulers. He, he rules in our uh, uh, affairs. We just sometimes have to uh, understand that we're not going to know everything about God. And uh, we're not going to understand everything that he does. In Deuteronomy chapter 29, we're told, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of his law. So notice this verse, Deuteronomy 29, verse 29. If we break it down, this verse is key to understanding that we will not always comprehend God's ways. 
Uh, it's not a perfect analogy or comparison, but just think when you were a kid and mom or dad would give you instructions to do something. Well, why do I have to do it this way? Well, in, in the end, it just came down to because dad said so. Uh, I had a grandmother who was very particular about how you set the table, where you put the plate, where each uh, utensil, fork, knife, spoon uh, went. Uh, and, and if we were sitting down to dinner, everything had to be, even if we weren't using the spoons, it didn't matter. They had to be there. And where you set your glass and that sort of thing. She was very particular about it. Uh, why? Well, just because Grand said to do it that way. And I didn't understand. I still don't understand why she was so picky about it. Uh, but that's just the way she was. And with God, sometimes we're not going to understand why God said to do something a certain way. He just said to do it. God lets us know what we need to know. If we, if God revealed everything uh, about him to us right now in our mortal human state, we couldn't handle it. It would be, it, you know, you've heard the expression about things blowing my mind. Well, this would more than, more than blow your mind. Now, remember, God is an infinite being. We are uh, finite. We uh, do not have the capacities uh, that God has when it comes to handling uh, revelations, divine revelations. And remember, he told Isaiah, the prophet, verse or chapter 55, My thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. See, God has a divine purpose for everything uh, he does. He has a divine purpose uh, for things that go wrong and can turn the misdeeds of men into something good. Remember, Romans, Paul told the Romans that all things work together for good, for those who love God, all things. And, you know, bad things will happen, good things will happen, but God, it's all meant to grow us. And uh, Paul tells us in there in verse 29 what uh, uh, God's purpose is uh, for things that might go wrong or things that we might, might not particularly uh, enjoy. Because while you can know God, he is so majestic that our finite human minds will never fully comprehend all there is to know about God. And that is just the fact that we have to uh, accept. Now, you know, you may wonder if it's possible to know someone without truly understanding them. Well, I don't understand everything there is to know about my wife, but I know her and I love her. That's what makes marriage exciting. It's a never-ending quest to know each other better. And if you've ever heard someone say to their spouse, oh, I've got you figured out, well, you can know that uh, <laughs> they're not telling you the truth. If you ever hear someone say, I've got God figured out, you know they're not telling the truth. In Genesis chapter 50, the Bible assures us of victory because it tells us that God takes the bad things people do and uses them for his purpose. Remember Joseph. Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers. They meant it for evil. And when he finally confronted them with his uh, true identity, he told them that you meant this for evil, but God meant it for good. God is, is uh, good. God is great. Nothing happens without his permission. And God can take the bad things and turn them around. In 1914, Edison Industries was just about destroyed by a fire. Edison lost $2 million that night, and a lot of his life's work went up in flames. And he was insured for only $238,000. That's $2 million in 1914 dollars. Uh, if I'd have been thinking a little bit ahead, I would have uh, uh, calculated with inflation what that would be worth today 
uh, I'm sure it would be in the tens of millions of dollars, if not in the hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, the building had been made of concrete, which at the time was thought to be fireproof. I even remember as a kid being told that concrete was fireproof. But Edison's son, he had a son that was 24 at the time, and he was uh, Thomas Edison himself was 67. But the young man ran frantically about trying to find his father and finally found him standing near the fire. His face was glowing in, in the in the uh, 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 flames. And his son later said that my heart ached for him. He was 67, no longer a young man, and everything was going up in flames. And then he spotted me and said, Charles, where's your mother? I said, I don't know. And, he, and uh, Thomas told his son to bring his mother to him. She will never see anything like this again as long as she lives. And the next morning, walking about the charred, uh, embers, all those hopes and dreams up in, in flames or, you know, now just smoldering on the ground. Edison said that there is great value in disaster. All our mistakes are burned up. And thank God we can start anew three weeks after the fire. <clears throat> excuse me. Three weeks after the fire, his firm delivered the first phonograph. The fire destroyed his factory and gave Edison the opportunity to start over. He took it very positively. You know, and sometimes adversity gives us that opportunity to wipe a slate clean and be able to start over. The fire that destroyed his factory, uh, he turned into uh, a positive, which means rewarding truths are going to be connected with our victory in Christ. There are many rewarding truths we can get. We always have to remember it maybe doesn't seem like it's such a victory or a great uh, when when we're going through it but our victories come from our greater trust in the Lord that we're able to see when we get through a difficult time Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 and 6 tell us to trust in the Lord with all your heart now if I were to ask you individually most of you would say that yeah I trust God and probably wouldn't even hesitate uh, to answer a question about your trust in God but if you're honest would you admit that maybe there are times when trusting isn't so simple? You know, I've been a Christian nearly 40 years. I've been preaching uh, the gospel uh, since 1994 uh, full-time. And, you know, there are times even I uh, find it hard sometimes uh, to have the complete trust in God that I need to have. Well, wait a minute. You're the preacher. Yeah, I know. But it doesn't matter if you're a preacher or an elder or a deacon. We go through the same things that everybody else goes through and the same difficulties. Psalm 37, verse 3 says, To trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your ways to the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Now, Psalm 37, verse 3, uh, there, or 3 through 5, rather, tells us just simply commit our ways to the Lord. The word we translate into English as commit is actually a Hebrew word that means to roll over, just like you might uh, roll over a stone. So in other words, one could say that in this psalm, God is encouraging us to roll over our cares and our burdens uh, onto him. And when the scripture talks about getting the desires of our hearts, it means that when we trust in the Lord and follow him as best we can, his desires become our desires. And that's another thing. When, when we talk about prayer, 
and this might be a good uh, topic for another lesson, when we talk about prayer and answering prayer, we, we always have to look at all the scriptures that are relevant to the subject. God doesn't just give us uh, uh, what we want, maybe like uh, grandma and grandpa sometimes spoil the grandkids and give them whatever. God doesn't always work that way. And that, like I say, is another discussion we could maybe have another time. Because another truth connected to our victory in Jesus is we can have freedom from worry. In Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 25, we see there that uh, God is going to take care of basic uh, needs. He's he's not always going to give us uh, the the top-of-the-line, first class of everything, but our basic needs are going to be taken care of. So, you know, I need housing. I need a place to live. I'm, I may not have the biggest, best, newest mansion in town. Uh, it may be an apartment, a small apartment, but it's a roof over our head. Uh, we once lived in a very small apartment, not much bigger than a two-car garage with the total square footage. The three of us, it was pretty tight, but it was a roof over our head. And in Matthew chapter 6, we're told there, verse 25, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on it. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look, the birds of the air, for they uh, neither, or look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? So if God's going to take care of these birds, don't you think he's going to take care of you? So when we lack some, when we lack something, God needs to be uh, in our thoughts. God needs to be the one that we go to and help us uh, for this, because God is going to be working us through this situation. God is going to be uh, getting us through this, and you know, there's all kinds of reasons why we may go through hard times. In Psalm 23, we need to note too the similarities between God and a good shepherd. You know, a good shepherd provides for his uh, sheep the basic necessities. I, I think we probably all know this, at least the gist of it, the 23rd Psalm, that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in, in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Now notice that you know, a good shepherd provides food and shelter, basic necessities for the sheep, just like a good parent would do uh, for their kids. And then a shepherd is going to protect the sheep against attacks, uh, all kinds of predatory animals are out there. Wolves, um, I don't know if they had coyotes in the Middle East over there or not, but we have them here in North America. Lions, uh, tigers. Uh, maybe other shepherds who are uh, 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 stealing uh, sheep. A shepherd's got to protect against those things. A shepherd ha- uh, guides. He leads the sheep even when the sheep don't know the path. If the sheep are grazing on some grass and, and it's time to move on to a different patch or maybe move down uh, by the, the river or by the lake so then they can get a drink of water, that's um, uh, how he's going to guide them. And then the shepherd gathers. When we, when, when we, when the sheep, it's time to bring the sheep in. The shepherd's going to gather and bring them into the the uh, corral, and that is uh, what God's going to do uh, with us. See, when when we go uh, astray, 
Remember, Jesus told about a shepherd who lost one sheep out of his hundred and went looking for him. And God is going to uh, try and keep us in. He'll be uh, looking if we wander off from the fold. And the amazing thing is that God promised to do these things in your life if you'll trust him. Uh, God will take care of us, protect, guide all the things that we need if we will put our trust in him. And then connected with this victory in Christ is that we have an increased sense of gratitude. You know, that's one thing that can really make us thankful in a given situation is if we uh, have go, we go through bad times, maybe, for instance, uh, we go through a period of time where we're not sure we're going to have enough to eat. I know during the Depression, uh, a lot of people, my grandparents sometimes uh, uh, had a hard time uh, keeping uh, uh, food and things uh, for, the, uh, for their families. But then when you do have a sense of uh, uh, plenty, you can remember to give thanks for it. Hey, I remember six months ago, a year ago, when uh, we uh, had food shortages and didn't know if we were going to eat. I'd be thankful for what we've got. And then because the Sovereign Lord is our provider, we can have confidence that every need will be satisfied. Our requests are not met simply by chance, but according to his goodness and his uh, parental care or fatherly care for us. We know that God's going to be uh, taking care of us. And another truth connected with the sovereignty of God is that we can be more content and patient in times of adversity. When we are uh, putting our trust in God, Hebrews chapter 13 says, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have, for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Notice, be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. It goes back to what I said earlier. Okay, I don't have the biggest, uh, nicest, newest mansion in town, but I do have a roof over my head. I am out of the elements. Yeah, I don't have the newest, best car in town, but I've got a reliable vehicle that will get me where I need to go. Uh, maybe don't have a huge bank account, but I've got what I need to take care of myself and my family. And with that, be content. In Joshua chapter 21, the Lord gave to Israel all the land of which he had sworn to give their fathers, and they took possession of it and dwelt in it. Not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel. All came to pass. That's a, a fulfillment of Genesis uh, 12, where uh, the land promise was made to Abraham. It's not anything to look forward to uh, in the future, like premillennials will tell us. He took care of their land. Took a, it, he didn't give them the land right away. It took uh, after the Egyptian captivity, wandering in the wilderness, and eventually they got it. There's an old story about a, a, a drill instructor telling his new recruits that if you think you need anything, or if you think of anything you need, just let me know, and I'll teach you how to do without it. See, con contentment is not having everything we want. It's enjoying and using what we do have. So put your trust in God. Notice, again, he has said, uh, he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. God is going to be our refuge in those situations. So your Heavenly Father is always going to have a purpose for allowing adversity, and that's what we have to remember. We would not under understand or appreciate good times without occasionally having to go through some bad times. And if you're a child of God, you can be confident that God is going to work through hardship to develop your character, to teach you more about his nature, and equip you to minister more effectively. 
And we can learn to see adversity as a tool that God uses to do some great things uh, in our lives. And that's what I just want to, the idea I just want to leave you with is, if you're a child of God, be confident. God is working through hardship to develop your character. And I thank you once again, Stevie, for having me on the program. And uh, that will conclude my lesson, and we'll see you next time. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show.
you're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. The Community Corner. Ladies and gentlemen, the Community Corner is designed to just simply tell our listeners just what products and services are being offered in our communities and how you can contact these various vendors for their services. We have had uh, people on this show who are sitting right there among us in our congregation. This is one of my favorite segments because we just get a chance to hear just what are some of the things that people are doing around us to serve in our community we've had people on this show who are in financial services legal services authors college consultants we've had professional boxers who were doing community activities we've had nfl players uh casting producers for television shows farmers comedians health and wellness models you name it we've had them on the show we've recently had a candidate that's running for president of the united states in the year 2024 was on this show back in june and uh house of representatives appeared from the state of north carolina that was uh running for office and on election night on november 8th while she was waiting for the results of her election, she was on this show talking to me. So I'm just thrilled to have uh, Representative Jackson representing my district here in the state of North Carolina. So we're just thrilled to have our special guest on the show this evening, Tasha White from Atlanta, GA. Tasha, welcome to the Community Corner. Thank you so much. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I met Tasha last year when I was on a national tour for doing acapella gospel music, doing a concert at her studio, the Mode X studio in Atlanta, Georgia. Now, Tasha, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? And I have some, just some general questions for you about what you're doing in the city of Atlanta. Well, thank you so much, Steve, for inviting me on today's show. Um, Again, my name is Tasha White, and I am the proud founder and CEO of Mode X Studio. Um, Modex Studios is a state-of-the-art production and event space really designed for event goers to, to gather again for education, for inspiration, for conversations and celebration. And um, it, it's an amazing space. It's right here um, in Atlanta's Buckhead Village. Now, what was the motivation for you uh, establishing that business, the Modex Studio? <laughs> Well, it was it was uh, quite a pivot, I will say that. Um, uh, just to tell you a little bit more about my background, I am a corporate HR professional. Um, mm-hmm. I'm the chief diversity officer for a advertising agency for a tech company. Um, okay. I've been doing HR and 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 uh, tech uh, in the tech space um, for over 15 years. Okay. Um, but I also wanted to own my own business. Okay. Um, so how I got into Mode X was actually by accident. Um, COVID actually oh, okay. um, brought this <laughs> brought this uh, entity to me. Um, Mode X used to be a um, immersive fitness studio. So the studio mm-hmm. that you visited Atlanta had bikes in there, had boxing okay. um, gear in there, um, and we actually converted it um, oh, okay. during COVID because everyone was working out at home. So we decided to leverage the space as an event space, and the pivot has um, done us beautifully. In okay. fact, we're um, we doubled revenue um, in less than a year. Oh, that is outstanding! Now I love what you all did for my introduction for those shows we did at the Modex Studio. Those videos yeah. that you all put on that screen for me—that was I had never seen that before. Yeah, what makes us a little bit different is we have these cinematic 
floor to ceiling, 60 foot wide, curved. It's a video wall that really enables every attendee to be fully immersed in their viewing experience. Right. We also have the same thing. I don't think you went upstairs. We have a 30 foot wide video wall. It's really a space for creators to make their their ideas a reality. Right. Um, and uh, we also offer signature events. If you've ever heard of TED, TED Talk, um, yeah. I am a yeah. licensed TEDx um, licensee and hosting my first TED Talk at Modex Studio in September. Oh, and so nice. we'll be soon looking for speakers for that. But, yeah, no, the, the video walls are the hit and right. the reason why a lot of folks book us. I tell you, I love the pictures that I have on my Facebook page that I took at Modex <laughs> Studio. <laughs> oh, good. good. I mean, that is really awesome. I love now, why don't you tell our listeners now how they can get in contact with you if they want to book your studio? Absolutely. Um, please go to modexstudio.com. It's M-O-D-E-X studio.com. Um, there you will be able to see um, client uh, testimonials. You'll see um, other events that have been held at our studio as well as um, so we have client testimonials. We have um, event spaces, and then we have our own videos that we use to promote the studio. So you'll be able to see a, a, a bunch of different variety just so that you can kind of get a feel for the space and hope that you might be interested in booking us. And right there on that on that website is a link to book. So um, so you can you can see it as soon as you as soon as you uh, join the page. Hey Tasha, thank you so much for coming on the Community Corner. I really enjoyed meeting you, and I'm glad I had a chance to enjoy my time there at the Mode X Studio. Certainly appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, coming up next, my announcements, and then my co-host. Isa Mullins from Cary, North Carolina. Stay tuned to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. Oh, 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 oh,
from the Lord Radio Show. Is your congregation in need of lending for a building or expansion project? As your partner and advocate, Diversified Financial Network will take the time to understand your unique situation and develop a financing solution that meets your specific needs. It's an exciting time for your congregation, and what you need is a company with expertise in church financing early in the process. Call us today at 1-866-513-6665 or visit us at www.diversifiedfinancegroup.com. This is a program reminder. Stevie B's Media Production presents. We're airing live shows here on Blog Talk Radio. The telephone number to the live show is 713-955-0508. Or you can go to the Blog Talk Radio website, www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Gospel Light Radio Show. Or just type in your browser, Blog Talk Radio. On Tuesday evening, I'm hosting the live show, What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. And this show will air on the 2nd, the 3rd, and the fourth Tuesday of the month. This show will air on the second Tuesday of the month from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. And we have a guest speaker from the Brotherhood of the Churches of Christ who will be making that proclamation of the gospel of Christ. And also during this show, we have the Community Corner segment. That segment is designed for small business owners and entrepreneurs who have products and services for our communities. I also have two co-hosts on this show, Luke Gilbert. He serves as the evangelist for the Oakbrook Park Church of Christ there in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and Isom Pullins. He serves with the Church of Christ in Cary, North Carolina. Then on the third Tuesday of the month, this show will air from 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. My co-host, Dr. Antherica Lane, she's a board-certified obstetricianist and gynecologist. She serves with the Gray Road Church of Christ there in Cincinnati, Ohio. She'll be hosting her show, Conversations with Dr. Lane. And then on the fourth Tuesday of the month at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, my co-host Kelly Fletcher. She serves with the Livingstone Church of Christ there in Indianapolis, Indiana, and she'll be co-hosting her show, uh, hosting her show, The Kelly Fletcher Show. And then on Thursday evening, I'll be hosting a live show, The Gospel Light Radio Show. And that show will air from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. And there are seven co-hosts on that show, Clay Phillips from the state of Georgia, Dr. Frank Washington from the state of Florida, Steve Corder from the state of Illinois, Robert Lee Johnson from the state of Florida, Glenn McMillian 
from the state of Texas, Courtney Carruthers from the state of Illinois, and Brian Christian Coleman from the state of New Jersey. On that show, they'll be presenting their lessons from the Word of God, and each week I have two of my co-hosts on the air with me. I'm also taking a question from my social media platform on Facebook called Shout It Out. I'll be posing to one of my co-hosts on that live show as well. And then on Friday night, I'll be hosting a live show, Stevie B. Acapella Gospel Music Blast. And this radio show is the 2022 recipient for the Camera, the National Academy of Christian Acapella Music Artists Award for Outstanding Achievement in Record or Radio. And this show will air from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 to 10 p.m. Central Standard Time. And on this radio show, I'm playing some of the world's greatest acapella gospel music artists, the sweet sounds of voices. We're also interviewing artists, producers, comedians, etc. We're also debuting new music and featuring old music on that broadcast as well. And on every third Friday of the month, we have my Top 20 Countdown show, and we also have on-demand episodes. There's a variety of musical platforms that you can listen to these shows, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Apple iTunes, YouTube, just to name a few. And we also have recorded versions of these live shows here on Block Cut Radio. These shows were most mostly album debuts that I've done in the past. I have over 40 episodes that you can listen to on iHeartRadio, on Deezer, and also on Amazon Music. These shows are in beta high fidelity, so the sound quality is excellent. And we also want to thank all of our sponsors who are sponsoring these radio shows. If you'd like to become a sponsor, just contact my sponsorship manager, Michelle Marco from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and her telephone number is 954-687-4705. The three E's of Stevie B Media Production, it is the objective of this broadcast. We want to educate, we want to edify, we want to encourage you in a study of God's Word. And that will conclude our program announcements. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. My co-host, Isa Mullins, is up next. Stay tuned. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. And if you miss me from singing, singing, and you can't find me nowhere, nowhere. come on up to glory. glory. I'll be singing the fair. Yes, I will. And I know the Lord, He will greet me over yonder.
What a word from the Lord radio show. Give your attention to the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now my co-host, Isa Mullins from the Church of Christ in Cary, North Carolina. I'd like to say uh, good evening to my fellow brothers and sisters this evening. And also wanted to say uh, thank you to a brother, Steve Butler, for giving me this uh, platform and here to speak the word of God. My title for my lesson this evening is entitled, America's Only Hope. The title for tonight's lesson is uh, America's Only Hope. My reference scripture will be taken from Luke chapter 2, verses 40 through 52. Luke chapter 2, verses 40 through 52. And it reads, And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days, as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother knew not of it, but they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintance. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem, seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and his answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold thy father, and I have sought thee sorry. And he said unto them, How is it that you sought me? Was ye not that I must be about 
my father's business. My brothers and my sisters, this evening, the great problem facing modern man is that the means by which we live have outdistanced the spiritual end for which we live. Understanding that Joseph and Mary had to return to Jerusalem because they left Jesus behind after the Passover feast. They understood that if they are to go forward, just like we need to understand that this evening, if we are to go forward, we are to just make this a better world in which to live, we have got to go back. We have got to rediscover these precious values that we left behind. They discovered that Jesus was not with them. Yet Jesus was not in the midst. And so they, they paused there. And, and they looked and they didn't see him around. And they went on and they started looking among the kinsfolk. And they went on back to Jerusalem and found him there in the temple with the doctors of the law. Now, one of the most important things is that to see here is that they had sense enough to know that before they could go, forward to Nazareth, once again, understand they had to go backward to Jerusalem to recapture this value that had been lost. We had lost a lot of precious values behind, and if we are to go forward, we are to make this world a better world, we all have to go back. First John chapter 1 and 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Jeremiah chapter 3 and 22 says, Return ye backsliding children, and I will heal your backsliding. Behold, we come unto thee, for thou art the Lord our God. And Jeremiah chapter 3 and 13 says, Only acknowledge thine iniquity, that thou hast transgressed against the Lord by God and has scattered the ways to the strangers under every green sheet, and ye have not obeyed my voice, says the Lord. My brothers and my sisters, this evening we got to rediscover these precious values that we left far behind. We discovered the survival of the slickest. Whoever can be the slickest is the one who is right. We discovered that it's all right to lie, but lie with dignity. It's all right to steal and to rob and to extort, but do it with a bit of finesse. It's even all right to hate, but just dress up your hate in the garments of love and make it appear that you are loving, when in fact you are actually hating and tearing down your fellow brothers and sisters. My friends, that Attitude is destroying the soul of our culture. First John 4 and 7, let, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. First John 3 and 18 says, little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. First Corinthians chapter 13, 4 through 8 says, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It, it is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. And it is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, 
but rejoices with the truth. For love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for these man-made prophecies that we have heard, they will all pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away as well. The thing that we need in this world today is a group of men and women who will stand up for what is right and be opposed to what is wrong, wherever and whenever it is. All I'm trying to say is our world hinges on moral foundation. God has made it so. God has made the universe to be based on a moral law. So long as man disobeys it, he is revolting against God. It is not enough to know that two and two makes four. But we've got to know somehow that it is right to be honest and just with our brothers and with our sisters. Philippians 4 and 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. And Colossians chapter 3 and 9 says, Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man and his deeds. If we are to make of this a better world, we have got to return to our back. We've got to go back. And we must rediscover that precious value that we've left behind. And then there is a second thing, a second principle that we've got to go back and rediscover. And that is that all things are under God's spiritual control. In other words, we've got to go back and rediscover the truth that there is a God and he is our creator, our sustainer, and our deliverer. John 1 and 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 7, 38 says, he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. I tell you today that the most dangerous type of atheism is not theoretical atheism, but practical atheism. That's the most dangerous type. In this world, even in the church, it's filled up with people who pay lip service to God and not life service. And there is always a danger that we will make it appear externally that we believe in God, when internally we really don't. Matthew chapter 15 and 8 says, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. With our mouths that we believe in him, and, but we live our lives like he never, ever existed. That is the ever-present danger confronting Christianity. It's a dangerous type of atheism. And I think, my friends, that that is a thing that has happened in America, that we have unconsciously left God behind. Now, we haven't consciously done it, but we have unconsciously done it. You see, the text, you remember the text that said that Jesus' parents went a whole day's journey not knowing that he wasn't with them, 
They did not consciously leave him behind. It was an unconscious act. We went a whole day and didn't know it. We went a whole year, didn't feel it. We went years and years and years and didn't even understand what we were doing was walking away from our love. It was not a conscious process. You see, we didn't grow up and say, now, goodbye, God. We're going to leave you now. This materialism in America has been an unconscious thing. We just became so involved in getting our big bank accounts that we unconsciously forgot about God. We didn't mean to do it. We became so involved in getting our nice, luxurious cars, and they're very, very nice, but we became so involved in it that it became much more convenient to ride out to the beach on Sunday afternoon than to come to church on that morning. Hebrews 10 and 25 says, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encourage you one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. It was an unconscious thing. We did not mean to do it. We became so involved and fascinated by the intricacies of television that we found it a little more convenient to stay at home than to come to church. It was an unconscious thing. We didn't mean to do it. We didn't just go up and say, now, God, you're gone. We went a whole day's journey, and then we came to see that we had unconsciously ushered God out of this entire nation. A whole day's journey and didn't mean to do it. We just became so involved in things that we forgot about God. I'm, I'm not saying that these aren't important. We need them. We, we need cars and we need money to pay our bills and all of that's important to leave, but to live. But whenever they become substitutes for God, they become dangerous. And may I say to you this afternoon, this evening, that none of these things can ever be real substitutes for God. Automobiles in some ways and televisions and cell phones and iPads, dollars and cents can never ever be substitutes for God. For long before any of these kings came into existence, we needed God. And long after they would have passed away and we will still need God. And I say to you this evening in conclusion that I'm not, that I cannot put my ultimate faith in these things. I, I cannot put my ultimate faith into technology and men. As a young man with most of my life ahead of me, I decided early to give my life to something eternal and absolute. Not these little gods that are here today and gone tomorrow, but to God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Not in these little bitty gods that can be with us in a few moments of prosperity, but in the God who walks with us through the valley of the shadow of death and causes us to fear no evil. That's my God. Not in the God that can give us a few Cadillac cars and convertibles as nice as they are, that they're in style today and is out of style three years from now. But the God who threw up the stars to bedeck the heavens like swinging lanterns of eternity. Not in the God that can throw up a few skyscraping buildings, but the God who threw up the gigantic mountains of 
kissing the sky as if the bays are peaks and the altitudes. I'm not going to put my ultimate faith in those little gods that can be destroyed with age, but the God who has been our help in ages past, our help for years to come, and our shelter in the time of storm, our eternal home. That's the God that I'm putting my ultimate faith in. That's the God that I call upon you to worship this evening, to go out and be assured that God is going to last forever, that storms may come and storms go. Our great skyscraping buildings will come and yes, they will go. Our beautiful automobiles will come and they may go. Our money's here today and yes, it's gone tomorrow. Our family members, they say they love us, but you turn your back and they here today and gone tomorrow. Our jobs that you have a faith in your job, but you're here today working and your supervisor hands you a pink slip tomorrow, but the plants may wither, the flowers may fade away, but the word of our God shall stand forever and nothing can ever, ever stop him. If we are to go forward this evening, we've got to go back and find that God. That is the God that demands and commands our ultimate allegiance. If we are to go forward, oh yes, if we must go forward, if we are to go forward, we must go back and rediscover those precious values, those that all reality hinges on moral foundations and that all reality is under God's spiritual control. John 14 Verse number two, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. Revelation 21 and verse number four says, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have all passed away. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 7 through 9 says, But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would have not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. And finally, Acts chapter 4 and verse number 12. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must all be saved. My brothers and my sisters listening on this podcast this evening, I pray that something has been heard to move you, whether you are not yet a member of the house of the Lord, whether you have not been baptized, whether you have sinned, walked away, stopped doing the things you used to do, you have slipped, slided away, or turned your back on the one true God. Romans 10, 13 through 17 tells me that I need to hear. We need to believe according to John chapter 2, 30 through 31. After we believe in the word, we must repent of our sins according to Luke chapter 13, 3 through 5, and Acts 
2 and 38, we must confess, according to Matthew chapter 10, 32 and 33, then after that we must be baptized in water, according to Mark chapter 16, 15 through 16, 1 Peter chapter 3 and 21, Acts 2 and 38, and Acts 22 and verse 16. And after we've done all these things, we must live godly lives. According to Titus chapter 2, 11 through 14, Romans 12, 1 through 2, and 2 Peter 1, 5 through 11. May God bless you. May you find peace. And may we all turn back to our one true love before it's eternally too late. God bless you. Have a wonderful evening. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. I know, Lord, I know the Lord, He'll take care, He'll take care, take care of me. Oh, yeah, yes, He, he will. will. I know the
but not long ago. When it seemed like I lost everything but my mind. And a new friend. A friend I could call on. In a late midnight hour. So I called on the Lord. And let me tell you what I found out. See, I know the Lord. He'll take care of me. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Ladies and gentlemen, that is our show. Man, this time really goes by fast. I want to thank you for spending a little time with us this evening in a study of God's Word. I want to thank both my speakers on the show this evening. My special guest speaker, Steve Cordo, he serves with me at the, on the Gospel Light radio show here on Thursday night here on Blog Talk Radio. Certainly appreciate him coming on the show tonight. Also, my co-host, Isa Mullins. He's from the Cary Church of Christ there in Cary, North Carolina. And also, I want to thank my guest in the Creative Corner, Tasha White. She's the owner of the Modex Studio in Atlanta, Georgia. Really uh, enjoyed meeting her last year when we was on that Experience Acapella Tour. Certainly appreciate her coming on the show this evening. I want to thank everyone who participated on the show this evening. What a blessing. What a blessing it is, baby, to put these radio shows on. It's, it's my present, the lessons, the things that were heard, uh, prepared on the show tonight has been beneficial to your spiritual lives and your relationship with the Lord has been strengthened because you're not only tuning in this radio broadcast, but you've given yourself over to a study of God's word. So until we meet again, I pray God's continued blessings upon your lives and that he bless you real, real good. You've been listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. I'm your host, uh, Stevie R. Bullen. I want to say on behalf of my co-host, Isa Mullins, Lou Gilbert, Dr. Etherica Lane, and Kelly Fletcher. We really do appreciate your love and support for these radio programs. Good night, everybody. God bless you. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. With all the talk, what is your goal? With all the talk, what is your goal? With all the talk, what is your goal? Now that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know that heaven is my goal. No matter what they say, call me and I'll go. Lord, I hear the streets are paved for pure and gold. Breath of God blow gently through my Change my mind, never on the phone. Father said that heaven.
a fairy tale Silly to believe That's what they told me, yeah This world is all the heaven we are gonna get But here's no perfect peace That's why I'm